The NFL is the greatest sport in the world. We had amazing games yesterday, and I just want to say, holy crap, and welcome back to the Highly Debatable Sports Show. We got a lot to talk about today. Look at Lenny's smile, and he's ready to discuss. If you have not noticed, we are in a new place today. Tell us where we're at, Lenny. Uh, we're at Grace Life Church in Culloden, West Virginia. Matt's dad is the pastor here. Uh, we're very grateful to have this spot today. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Jamal. Appreciate it. Hopefully, y'all can hear us pretty well. Um, I'm a little echoey. What do, think? what do you think? Yeah, uh, it sounds all right, though. All right. So, today we are going to be starting a uh, off with a new segment. And the segment is going to come up right after this. All right, I, I fixed the echoiness. It's back. We're ready to freaking roll. Here we go. So today, Lenny is bringing us a new topic. It is called what, my good friend? It is called the life's too short to check down segment. And this is a, a quote to live by if you're a football fan. You don't just want to see your, your favorite quarterback checking down to the running back or the drag route every time. You want to see some deep shots and touchdowns and Hail Marys. That's exactly what this segment's going to be about, is Matt and I making very bold predictions that probably won't stand to last, but we will see. Do you, you want to give yours first? I will. Okay, go ahead. So my first bold prediction is that the Detroit Lions are going to make the playoffs. Are? They are. Okay, why? They're an 0-3 team. There's three 0-3 teams in the NFL right now. Two of them are in New York, True. just like every year. But Detroit, every single game they've played has been close, and they've battled to the end. Dan Campbell, their head coach, is an absolute warrior of a head coach. I mean, he's a player's coach. Yes, he is. He's out there on the field working out with his players during practice. He's screaming at them, getting them hyped up during the game. And that Lions defense, I mean, when worst comes to worst and their back's against the wall, they find a way to pull out a turnover. Whether, Every single time. Whether it's a fumble. Even after their first-round draft pick has, has been hurt and is out the, the rest of the season, exactly. they, they've found a way. I, I don't disagree, and I think – we talked about it week two, didn't we, after the week one recap? And, and we were saying that Campbell kind of just brought in a, a, a new culture, and I think that, like, him personally, like you said, being a player's coach – Definitely has turned the culture around, and I think that's like they've bought in to the system that he's trying to run. Yeah, they have. And that offense, they've got two very, very good running backs, Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I mean, they're both averaging probably 50-50 touches on every game, getting about eight handoffs each. Uh, DeAndre Swift is actually probably the leading receiver on that team, but he's getting it done out of the backfield. And Jared Goff. I mean, we all thought that he was doomed going to Detroit, that he wasn't going to play well, that he was just going to fall into that stigma of, of what Detroit football is, where, where players go to die pretty much. And Jared Goff has pretty much proved us wrong up until this point. I mean, he's, he's balling out really, averaging about 300 passing yards a game. His worst game was at Green Bay. Yeah. He looked not great. I mean, he played a good game up until, like, the third or fourth quarter. And then that third or fourth quarter, I mean, he kind of fell apart. 
He, he threw a couple interceptions, had a couple fumbles. I mean, the rain is going to do that to you when you're playing in the rain. But other than that, every other game so far, he he's looked like he's supposed to be there. Um, it's weird not seeing him on the Rams because we've seen him on the Rams for so long. But at the same time, it's like he also is bought in. Like this offense is also bought into what they're they're putting down. I genuinely thought that they were going to win that game yesterday. Um, and if it wasn't for the GOAT with the leg, um, Justin Tucker, they, they had that game won. Greatest kicker of all time. You can add him at that too, bro. 66th new NFL record. Um, that's not that's not bad. I mean, I, I think that the Lions are not a bad team. I just – I honestly think that the Lions have choked. I mean, to, to, to put it like that, they've choked. The first game – they they were up, uh they were losing fourteen to nothing, and then they found ways to come back, but they choked getting the win. Versus Green Bay, they played a Here, great game. Go, the, go ahead, go ahead. Here's the thing: they played the Niners are a very tough offense. Yes, we saw, we saw that last night we too. Saw that last night against a pretty stifling Green Bay defense, who hasn't played well this season, but has played well in the past. Sure. But that first game, I mean, the Lions looked to be getting destroyed that entire game against the Niners, and then the fourth quarter, they're, they're a fourth quarter team. I mean, they battled, battled to the end, pulled out a couple turnovers, and we saw it happen. I mean, the Lions, they're there. I don't, I don't think they choke. I think that they dig themselves into such a deep hole early on in games, and then they just try to battle their butts off the last half of the game. Once you're in a hole, it's hard to get out. And I think multiple times we've seen that versus the 49ers the first game, second game versus the Green Bay Packers, and then yesterday versus Baltimore. Yeah. Do you want to hear mine? Are you ready for mine? I do want to hear yours. Is that all you had to say? Uh, I have one more. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. But you've heard it before. Sam Darnold. Oh, Lord. Pro Bowl quarterback. Right now he's led the Carolina Panthers to an undefeated record. They'll get beat next week. Probably, but it is what it is. And I also have one more bold okay. prediction. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs only lose one or two more games this season. Okay, here's my don't check down, okay? My, my bold prediction. You ready for this? Let's hear it. My prediction is that the Kansas City Chiefs do not make it to the AFC Championship game. I do not think that they are as good as a team that they have been. You can st- statistically prove that when quarterbacks are given a higher salary and when they make more money, they choke. They do not perform up to the money cap. I 100% think that Patrick Mahomes is not going to live up to that money cap. Uh, it's to t- it, if if we were on the Zoom and I have my laptop and can pull it up, it is proven that quarterbacks that are making a butt ton of money do not perform well. It's proven. I also think that teams are beginning to find out how to contain Travis Kelsey, to contain Tyreek Hill, and then really to contain Patrick Mahomes. I also don't think that on the offseason, 
I don't think that the Chiefs made good off-season off decisions. I think the Orlando Brown trade was bad. I don't think that he is that great of an offensive lineman. He has been sus on the pass rush, and, I, and, and we can pull up some clips if you want to watch it. He's been sus in the pass rush. Um, I mean, you all, it's, it's not just on him, though. Like, that whole entire offensive line, I mean, if they would have kept the people that they had last year, still would have been a bad offensive line. They now have three rookies on that offensive line. It's still bad. And then the one other thing that I want – so I said off-season decisions, bad. Paying Patrick Mahomes the most money any quarterback has ever been paid, bad decision. Statistically proven that quarterbacks do not play better when they make more money. And then third, I said a little bit of the defense. Now here is my prediction. If any one of the big three from the Kansas City Chiefs get hurt, hurt, their season's completely done, completely over. Patrick Mahomes, Tyree Kill, or Travis Kelsey, any three of them get hurt, their season is completely over. Will they magically win some games because Andy Reid is an absolute genius? Yes. But here's another thing. Is Andy Reid going to be okay? Because we know that he went to the hospital yesterday after the game. I mean, he's – He's an older guy, and it's probably getting hard for him to undergo the amount of stress that he's mm -hmm. going through. I mean, every game that the Chiefs are playing so far this year has been somewhat close. Nail biters. Yeah. But they, should, they, they shouldn't have beat the Browns. They shouldn't have. They but, should have. All right, continue. He, Herbie, Herbie got it done, though. Yeah, he did. I'm on the opposite end of this debate that Matt's on. He's not buying into the Chiefs this year. I'm not, man. And, and I mean, if, if you look at Baltimore, Baltimore completely shut down Tyreek Hill. Completely shut him down. Yeah, because they have the fastest, one of the fastest defensive backs in the league, Marlon Humphrey. And, I, I mean, people are figuring out how to not get bombed over top by Tyreek Hill. But then again, you got to watch out for Pringle and McCole Hardman. Those are both fast guys, too. Very fast guys. And Demarcus Robinson is a very talented young receiver. But I think, like you said, you said Patrick Mahomes, would you say he's overpaid? For what he's done for the Chiefs and the seasons that they have – Dude, why, why are you putting your head down? You didn't even let me finish. <laughs> say, say, a, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. start to it. Sentence. I I or don't. What he's done for the, for the Chiefs, you think? He's yes. Overpaid. No, no. I I didn't. You, I didn't finish. Okay. For I'll what I think he's done for the organization of the Chiefs, for what I think that he has done for, I mean, like, the new generation of quarterbacks coming into the league. I think he deserves to get the amount of money that he's being paid. But at the same time, I think as a general manager and owner, whatever of the Chiefs. I don't think it is wise that they are paying him that much money if you go down the line and you look at the, the statistics of these big-name quarterbacks getting paid. The number one quarterback that's ringing in my head right now, he's now a announcer for CBS. That's Tony Romo. When Tony Romo started getting paid a lot, a lot, a lot of money, what happened to his production? 
Well, first of all, Tony Romo. I'm not. I'm not saying that Tony Romo and Patrick Mahomes, because I knew that's where you were yeah. gonna be. Who you were gonna say? Yeah. Tony Romo, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously. Well, here's, here's obviously. This is a biased and an unbiased opinion, kind of mixed into one. I'm a Washington fan. I've been raised to not like the Cowboys. Tony Romo, not a clutch quarterback. Can never get it done when it mattered. Just no. He. He never deserved to get paid that much. He's a brilliant football mind, don't get me wrong, but he just happened to be the quarterback for the most popular team in the nation, and he's going to get hyped up, and that's what happens. That's uh, We've seen it happen with a lot of people. But here's here's my take on Mahomes. I, I don't think he's overpaid for what he's done. I think that getting to two Super Bowls and – three or four years of starting is very impressive. And what he's done statistically is very impressive. But I said it after the Super Bowl last year that if he wants the Chiefs to win more Super Bowls, he's going to need to take a pay cut, just like Tom Brady's done, just like a lot of great Super Bowl quarterbacks have done. If you want a better offensive line, take a $10 million pay cut. I mean, that's a lot of money, but you still what? He got close to a $400 million contract. That's a, it's a lot of money. And $10 million is also a lot of money. But in terms of winning Super Bowls, if you want to be known as the greatest, that's the price you got to pay. So, Or the price that you're not getting paid. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, you, you brought up Tom Brady. And the reason that he has so many rings, and, and I'm not discrediting his athleticism and his ability to play football, but football's not just a physical game. Football has to be about the other players. And then once you're getting paid to play football, it's more about getting the parts that need to be played. But, I mean, that, that's my bold prediction. My other bold prediction for Life's Too Short to check down um, and this this one I don't think is as bold as the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs one. The Chiefs are good. I mean, as long as Andy Reid is there, as long as Patrick Mahomes are there, they're going to find games to win. They're going to find out how to get it done, okay? They're fine. But I think that there's a very high possibility that they don't make it to the championship game. I think the Bills are really good. I think the Browns are really good. I think the Raiders are really good. The Broncos haven't played anyone, but they're still undefeated. Gosh, the Broncos are undefeated. What a yeah, world. what a what world. world. That's, why, that's why I started off and said the NFL is so crazy. I mean, the NFL, I texted you this yesterday, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, a team that you don't think is going to win is going to win. I don't think anyone would have said that the Chargers – beat the Kansas City Chiefs after the Kansas City Chiefs lost a close one in Baltimore. Hey, there's a, At home, any given Sunday. There's a guy right now who bet $25 on a certain amount of teams to win and put his money on the Chargers, put his money on the Broncos, put his money on all these teams. He just needs the Eagles to win tonight. He's got 71 grand in his pocket. Not going to happen. Cowboys taking the W. We'll get we'll get into that yeah, before we'll, we we'll before we end the, sh- the show. But – I mean, I'm sorry, dude. I mean, we've been doing this for like three weeks now. Like, once we start talking football, it's hard to stop and, and stay on track. But my, my other bold prediction 
is that the Rams will win the NFC West. Yeah, that's... 100%. I agree. Will win the NFC West. Yesterday, Matthew Stafford threw four touchdowns for over 420-some yards. Zero interceptions. And many have been saying that the Buccaneers have one of the best defenses in the whole entire National Football League, not just in the NFC. Yesterday, Matthew Stafford proved that he is one of the best, not if the best. I, I'm, listen, here, here's another bold prediction. He might win MVP. He might win MVP. This man, I, I'm looking right in this camera, and you can see my eyes. Matthew Stafford is probably going to win MVP if he continues to carve up defenses and absolutely put people to shame. In two weeks, I'm pretty sure they play the Seahawks. They are going to annihilate them. I love the Seahawks, but injury, bad defensive playing has caused them to lose. Man, this is going to be a long season for the Seahawks, and the season is just getting started for the Rams. Um, and, dude, here's another reason why the Matthew Stafford's going to win MVP and that the um, Rams are going to win the NFC West. He finally has a defense to take pressure off of him. Yes. He has never had a defense that has ever been able to take pressure off of him to get stops. It's always been Matthew Stafford trying to score more points against the other team to win. He finally has a defense that is able to stop these other high-powered offenses from scoring. How are you going to stop Tom Brady and, and Gronk when Gronk is like leading touchdowns right now for tight ends? They stopped Gronk on the goal line a couple times. You could say bad throws from Tom Brady, whatever. The Rams' defense is still getting it done. They made the Buccaneers kick a couple field goals when, I mean, Tom Brady's usually scoring touchdowns. So he finally has a defense that's taking off the pressure and just allowing him to do something that he's always done. And what's that? Make big plays. Yeah, and that's the thing with, with Stafford – the weight off his shoulders having a defense now, yeah, that's big time because it lets him just be free on offense and really just just run the offense how he, how he feels and run and gun, and that's exactly what the Rams do is run and gun. They play a very – almost like an air raid offense. That I was getting ready to say – I was getting ready to say it's, it's because a lot of teams like to run the ball before they establish the pass. Yeah. Right now, their running back is questionable, hasn't been really playing. C.J. Henderson, right? Uh, yeah, C.J. Henderson and Cam Akers uh, yeah. is out for the season. So so they were running – not Trey Sermon. Who, oh, Sony Michelle. They were running Sony Michelle yesterday. Like we said last week, the defensive front for Tampa Bay is insane. Going to be very hard to run on them. But we saw yesterday that Tampa Bay secondary – is what's going to cause them to lose games. Yeah, it's the same story with Washington. True. That D-line. I mean, the D-line can eat all they want. They can get yep. in the backfield, into the pocket, put pressure on the quarterback all they want. But if the secondary is not going to cover anybody, then it doesn't make a difference. And Matt Stafford this year, we saw, 
we've I mean we've always seen his arm talent, and I've talked about it before that that man has a cannon for an arm. But we have people are now seeing that Matthew Stafford is better than Aaron Rodgers. Change my mind. I I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it had to be said. It had to be said. If you put Aaron Rodgers, leave now. <laughs> are you kidding me? Dude, Matt Stafford is not better than Aaron. Rodgers. If you put Aaron Rodgers, not better than Aaron Rodgers. Maybe right now. Maybe right now as we speak. Maybe right now as we speak, but throughout time, no. As much, I'm a big Matt Stafford advocate, and I always have been. But Aaron Rodgers. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. Right now, Matt Stafford is probably better than Aaron Rodgers. Throughout time, I think Aaron Rodgers has been placed in a better system. But if you put Aaron Rodgers in Detroit, where Matthew Stafford has been for the last couple years, actually his whole entire NFL career, would he have any different production? I say no. Aaron Rodgers has had many stars at the wide receiver position. He's made and, stars at the wide receiver position, though. You got to think about that. You could you could say that, but I mean, I, I think that he's had stars at the wide receiver position. The only star, really, that Matthew Stafford has ever had, Kenny Galladay. He became a star, and then Megatron. Megatron. Those are the only two stars that he's really had. Best. Best wide receiver of all time, Calvin Johnson. That can be debated as all as well. It can, be, it can be debated, but but let me know again when you see when you see another receiver that has the height of Randy Moss and the size of Rob Gronkowski and runs a four three five forty yard dash and still contributes on the football field for another day. For another day. For another day. Back back to my Matt Stafford MVP in Rams NFC West. Just to close it out so we can we can move on for a little bit. Um, I mean, the whole Aaron Rodgers thing is if Aaron Rodgers was at Detroit, I don't think he gets anything different than Matthew Stafford did. Matthew Stafford has never won a playoff game at Detroit. Matthew Stafford kept his mouth shut and played football. I think the only difference we would see is Aaron Rodgers would speak up in that culture and he would try to get his way a little bit more. But I, I really don't see any other production out of Aaron Rodgers if he was at Detroit where um, Matthew Stafford has been. But Matthew Stafford, MVP, NFC West champs, that's all I've got for my bold predictions, unless you want to hear some more about the Cleveland Browns. But we can we can move on if you want to. Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and move on. Listen, the Browns, uh, I'm, I'm pulling for them a little bit just because I have Baker in fantasy. I just I need that man to succeed this year. So with that being said, we'll save some more bold predictions until next week's episode. Or you might see this segment on another episode featuring college football. I'll be down for that. Woo, pig suey, Razorbacks. <laughs> yep. All right. Let us go ahead and get into the scores. We're just going to do a quick brush yeah. through of the games, uh, games that surprised us. We'll go more into depth for those. but Hopefully you can see a little bit of it. Um, let, let's start off from Thursday night. Panthers 24, Texans 9. We both predicted that game, Panthers W. I've been pulling for the Panthers. You know it. Uh, yeah. Team's getting dubs. Cardinals versus Jaguars. Let's turn around, and I want to talk about this for just a second. All right. 
So the Jaguars break history. Not with a win because they suck, but because uh, Andrew Nga, or whatever his name was, he, he ran back a kick six, 109 yards. That's the longest, well, it ties the longest um, return ever. So uh, just wanted to, to point that out there. But the Cardinals. Cardinals looked shaky at first. They were losing 14 to nothing. Prediction for next week, Cardinals lose their first game versus the Rams. Yeah, I I would agree with that. I think Kyler Murray is also on the fast track to competing for an MVP this year. I've said it already, but they will probably go down to the Rams. I mean, it's it's very hard to compete against the Rams when when you're seeing teams like the Bucks going down. Yeah, it's hard to have hope going against. They them. don't have the defense that the Rams have. Right. Uh, next up, go ahead. Uh, Washington versus the Bills. We do you want to talk? You want to talk about that one, or just move on? We can just move. On. I I do want to talk about it really quick. Don't, don't put me through this. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. How the heck did the Bills lose to the Steelers week one? That was a fluke. If I've ever seen a fluke in my life, the Steelers are stale. Go ahead, add whatever you want. I I wasn't trying to be bad on the Washington football no, team. You know I love them. I appreciate it. Yeah. But the Bills, I just think it was working out kinks in week one. I think a lot of teams struggle in week one, and the Bills definitely did. The Steelers have a good defense. They, they do. And T.J. Watt's been out the past two games, which has hurt them. But the Steelers have a great defense. Their offense, on the other hand, we'll save it for another time, but their offense would produce more with another quarterback in that system. Big Ben threw the ball probably 50-some times yesterday, 19 times to the running back, Najee Harris. 19 times to a running back. Life, life's too short to check it down. Is, and we're checking down 19 times out here because Big Ben can't extend plays like he used to. He can't get out of the pocket and extend plays like he used to, and that hurts the Do you think he's done after this year? I think if he wants to protect his reputation, he should be. I think he probably – last year, I mean, they went undefeated for most of the season. And, I mean, I really don't know how they got away with that. And he had to come back this they season. They also had one of the easiest schedules last year. They did. But he had to come back this season just to see if they could do the same or go further. And they Man. still could. It's football. I mean, you never know. But Any given Sunday is what we said. Exactly. Bills, however – um, I think the Bills will be a 15-2 and two team um, at the end of this. I think they'll probably lose one more. Um, and I, I was listening to Good Morning Football today, um, and Golden Tate was on there. And he was saying, surprising or not, the hardest game to win is your first home game in the NFL. He said, you want to win that game so bad, and you want to do everything you possibly can do for that city and then you have another opponent come into your city, and it's like you just want to win that game so bad. But he said it's so hard to win because the other team, just as passionate, is saying, I want them to lose their first game at home. So then the home team is just in a head boggle, and they're like, what the heck? You know, It's like we're trying to win our hardest, but this is just so hard to win. And, and I've never heard that before. So I think that's kind of why the Bills lost that first game. Um, 
I mean, that's cool to hear the player side of it. It is. I've never really thought about that. The, the first game be the first game at home being the hardest game, but Bills Bills will probably win another 14 straight, lose one in like the 16th or 17th game um, before the playoffs, and then I, th- I think they'll be fine. All right, next one up. Who we got, Lenny? Saints defeat the Patriots. Not really a surprise. Not not a surprising game. Uh, when once again Jameis Winston throws two touchdowns with only a hundred yards throwing. I think that the reason that's happening is because the run game is setting up a lot for the offense, but the defense is also putting the offense in great position to score. Dude, they are getting interceptions almost every single game, and these interceptions are coming at, like, the 50-yard line, the 40-yard line, the 30, the 20. And then if you think about it, you get an interception at midfield, and then you break off a 15-yard run, that's a – that's like 30. You're already in the the red zone and you're and you've got like two or three plays to score. So it's hard for a quarterback to get up in the passing yards when your defense is setting you up, but at the same time as a quarterback that's what you want. Yeah. I mean, you want if you want your team to win. It makes Jameis's stats look real good after last week. It does. So here's my question though. Um because I wanted to bring the Saints up at some point today and talk about them and I think just now is probably the perfect time to do it. Do you think that the Panthers are just better than the Saints or the Saints had a bad game last week? Panthers are better. So you're you're telling me that the Saints are one of the leading teams with interceptions this year, okay? okay. And their defense is, is good. I mean, you, you, we've both agreed that they have a really good defense. You think that the Panthers' defense is better or you oh. just think that, that what? No, the Panthers' defense is spectacular. It's very – they have a very underrated defense. I mean, they've got Jackson – I forget his first name, but last name Jackson at cornerback, who is probably one of the most underrated corners in the NFL athletically. I mean, if you watch some of the plays he's making, just out-jumping receivers to tip the football, I mean, it's it's pretty immaculate. And then – they're, they're getting pressure on quarterbacks. I mean, they're getting probably three, four sacks a game out here, too. And their safety, one of their safeties, Jeremy Chin, really excellent. Player. We talked about him week yeah. one or week two. I don't know, man. I, I, I think that – I think the Saints are going to be a team that finds an identity really soon, and they're going to take off, and they're going to begin to destroy teams again. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that the Saints – are gonna be a 500 team. I, I think in the end they're they're gonna be a team that that wins a lot of games. Yeah, I think they're a, a 10 to 12 game win team okay. this year. What about the Panthers then? Because I mean that's the same division, right? Uh, I believe so. And the Panthers are undefeated right now, so I think the Panthers finish with 13 wins is my take. Do they win their division? I mean that's that's Bucks, Saints, Panthers, and one more. They don't win the division. Who wins? Bucks still win. Bucks still win. Okay. Panthers, unless they pull something crazy out, don't win that division. Yeah. Okay. But could slip into a wild card spot. They could. Okay. Um, who we got next? Bengals and Steelers. Bengals. Are they the real deal? No. 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 
I think they're good. I, I think that they are the second best team in the – well, hmm, I hate the Ravens. I just really dislike Lamar Jackson. Um, I don't know him as a person. I just don't like his play style. Listen, the, the Ravens' defense will be the only reason the Ravens beat the Bengals. Hands down. Because the Bengals' defense – it's good. It's stout. It's good. It's good. It's that defensive good. front, we talked about it last week. They were my number five. They are the most underrated defensive line. And, and, I mean, they went up against a bad offensive line last week. Well, this week, yesterday, versus the Steelers. And it made them look even better. I think the Bengals are probably the third best team in the in a, uh, AFC North. And the worst team is who they played, the Steelers. Yeah. They're not good. Sorry, I, Steelers fan. Yeah, I mean, no, mo- most pe- most people in West Virginia Steelers fans. Sorry, not sorry. Um, Bengals, however, we're gonna go see them December fifth. I think, I think they're gonna win a lot of games. I I I think that they're a wild card. They probably barely make the playoffs. Um, they're gonna lose to the Browns twice. They will probably lose to the Steelers once, and I think they slip one away versus the Ravens. If their defense plays as good as they've been playing, that that's my take on them. I think that the Bengals are really young, and I say in the next two or three years that offense is going to be spectacular. And Jamar Chase, I think I predicted um, the first week that we did the podcast, I said that Jamar Chase was going to be a bust, and I, I said that he was going to be one of the worst players in this draft. Right here, look at me. I'm wrong. He, he's good. Respect. He's good. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm taking uh, responsibility here and saying I was wrong. Uh, I heard a lot of analysts say that he had a really bad camp, and because of that bad camp and because of the bad preseason games that he wasn't going to play good in the NFL. He wasn't learning the playbook good. He wasn't really learning the Bengals scheme well, and I was wrong. He's spectacular. And I think that even if he doesn't know the playbook well, his athleticism and knowledge of just football in general helps him a lot. Yeah, if, if Joe Cool has confidence in you, then fans should have confidence in Joe you cool. as well. Joe Cool. Joe Cool, is that his name? That's what, that's what everybody's been calling Joe Burrow recently. Joe Cool. He's, he's a pretty cool cat. But I'm cool cat, the Bengals? Uh, okay, okay. No, all right. <laughs> Who we got next? Uh, Jets and Broncos. Uh, Lord have mercy. Oh, Zach my Wilson. God. Poor Zach Wilson. Listen. Oh. We've all seen the TikToks. Dude, hold on. I'm, go ahead. Keep talking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull something up really quick. We've seen the TikToks. People are throwing a lot of hate towards Zach Wilson. And people are throwing a lot of hype at him three weeks ago. And I think it's something that – I think it's a mixture. I don't know. A mixture of the fact that – his decision making is faltering right now. Not that he doesn't have the arm talent. Not that he can't throw the ball because he can. But his decision making. I mean, we're seeing him throw into like triple coverage. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a if it's a combination of maybe his receivers aren't getting open and he's trying to force it, or if he just can't make a read. I'm I'm trying to find a clip from yesterday. And, um, okay, Zach Wilson, week three, every pass. This right here, I hope you guys can see it. But 
quickly can he put that nightmare game behind him here today in four interceptions last week um, Corey Davis is who I wanted to talk about. I drafted him in fantasy because preseason, he was literally his only target and did amazing. Probably one of his better passes right there. Found an open man. Yeah, there, there's one play that I'm particularly looking for, and it's probably one of Zach Wilson's best moments so far in the NFL where he gets outside of the pocket and he finds Corey Davis. And this is Corey Davis's fault. It's one of the better throws I've seen Zach Wilson make. It's one of the better plays that I've seen Zach Wilson extend. And, I mean, that's what he does. That's what he did in college. He extended plays, and he made BYU amazing. And he's got a cannon. But there's one play, and I might scrub to find it. But I think it might be actually coming up. Let's see if I can go for further. I think Zach Wilson can make the basic throws, and I think he can make the hard throws. But as with every quarterback that's sat behind a bad offensive line, there comes the challenge with pressure in your face all the time. And can you make those throws under pressure? And we're okay, so I think this is it. He's getting out of the pocket, extends the play, chucks it down the field. Beautiful ball. You got, you got to catch that. You got to catch that. Right on the money, right in his chest. Perfect. Hits his hands. That, that's what I wanted to show. Zach Wilson is not a bad quarterback. No. L- listen, if, if you're giving Zach Wilson a hard time, please stop. It is not Zach Wilson's fault. It is Zach Wilson's line and Zach Wilson's receivers. I also think that he's struggling to make certain decisions. Like with every rookie quarterback, I mean, you can't – you can't put a rookie quarterback out there and expect them to make the right decision every time. I mean, a rookie quarterback, on average, if they're starting every game of the season and throwing the ball 20-plus times a game, is probably going to throw 15 interceptions a season. And Zach Wilson right now is on the fast track to probably throwing 20-plus interceptions. But can you really blame him? Not really, because he doesn't have a star receiver. Corey Davis has to be the star. He has to. And Corey Davis is under a lot of pressure as well. He's having to go up against the number one corner on every team. But will we see Zach Wilson succeed in the future? I sure hope so, man. Possibly. Because the Jets are still in that process of rebuilding. I mean, this for, is- for how. You say we kind of have to give them a break, but how much longer can you give them a break? Zach Wilson? I, I'm talking about the Jets in general. Oh, pro- I give them. No, I mean, I mean, right if now. you're a Jets fan and you're a Giants fan and you've been invested, like, so like, you you've been a Redskins football team fan your whole entire life, yeah. okay? They went through a, a tiny little bit of a re- rebuilding oh, process. Dude, Browns, fa- most dude. of my life. <laughs> I mean, the only good years that I've seen in my life as a Washington fan. Last year, we had we had Jason Campbell at quarterback many years ago. Donovan McNabb at quarterback many years ago. And then we went through probably six years of starting five different quarterbacks a season until we drafted Robert Griffin III. Everybody that was a fan of Washington had hope. And we had two good seasons, and then it just started crumbling. And then Kirk Cousins. We were, that was probably the best football we played was under Kirk Cousins. 
is that surprising to hear for people? Probably some people, but I mean, look what look what he's doing over there in Minnesota right now. I mean, they're they're a heck of a football team this year. But that's the thing with every team that rebuilds. It, it's hard as a fan because you sit there and you only see the external factors of how this team's playing in games, how they're not playing well at all. But what you don't see is the internal of maybe the GM's working on this trade. Maybe he's saving up this money to go get this player in the offseason. And if I'm a Jets fan right now, which I'm not, but if I am a Jets fan, hypothetically speaking, I'm excited. I'm excited for what the next five years have to bring because they lost their best pass rusher, Carl Lawson, to injury this year. They've lost numerous players to injury. They've got a new head coach, pretty much new front office. Adam Gase is out of there. I mean, that, that just makes you happy to see as a Jets fan. So I, I'm looking forward to what the Jets have. I think they're a couple pieces away from being a decent team, a decent team. My, my thing is, I'm, like you said, there's a, there's a lot of internal stuff. So internally, I'm thinking if I'm a Jets fan, how much is uh, – like you, you said give them a break, give the Jets a break. I don't give them a break. I mean, it's hard not to give them a break. Their average uh, player is like 24 years old. They have four rookies starting on offense and four rookies starting on defense. That's what I'm saying. Give them a couple years. Give them, give them a few years. I, I know, but like, why? See, see, I, I'm, I'm one to say, why not right now? Because, because I mean, everyone likes to say, yeah, we're, we're going through a process. We're going through a process. It's going to be in a couple years. It's going to be in a couple years. But like, you still have to try for right now. So at, at the same time, yes, I understand the argument of give them a break. It's going to be fine. You want to win games, don't you? Yeah. Do you, do you want to go? Not undefeated. The opposite of undefeated is is not win a game. Completely defeated. Do you do you want to just be defeated the whole year? They're trying. I know they're Listen, trying. Here, here's a perfect example. Okay. As a GM in football, you are tasked with many decisions: who to trade for, who to pick up in free agency, who to draft. And take Washington for example. I'm just going to pick Washington because I know the team better than I know any other team. But for Four, probably three to four straight years, I saw Washington take a D lineman in the first round of the draft. And it's paid off. It's paid year. off. And I was like, I'm sitting there every time, and I'm just like, man, like I get it. We want we want a better defense, but I mean, maybe take a defensive back or something. Maybe maybe take a star wide receiver or a star talent. Like I'm seeing them pass on all these big name players that have gone on to be somewhat successful in the NFL. But as a collective, we now have a top three D-line in the NFL, and that's doing wonders for the team. I mean, we, on, we almost ran it up on the Bucks last year just because our D-line was getting to Tom Brady. In, in the playoffs. Yeah, in the playoffs. And it's stuff like that you see it takes four years, three, four years to develop into a better team and into a collective. And I think that the Jets are in the process of that right now. I give them probably – another two or three years before they're close to a winning record. Maybe maybe an eight-win team, eight-nine-win team. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. We'll get to it in a second because I was, I was going to say something um, about another team that's kind of going through the same thing. 
Um, but let, let's keep going. Jets, Jets fans, sorry. I'm trying to be on your side and say that it's it's time for everybody to step up on the Jets. But uh, let's just keep rolling. Can we fix it? Yeah, you. Is it on there? Where are we? Oh, there we go. Where are we at? Uh, just scroll down. All right, right there. There we are. Oh, too far. No, we're not. At the very top, Sorry. Bucks Rams. We already talked about that one a little bit. Yeah, we did. We went into depth, but Rams looking good this year. Yeah. All right. Probably. 34-24. Uh, Man, in the third quarter, it was still close. It was a one-touchdown game. And then the one thing that I think the Rams are doing this year that they didn't do the last couple of years, big plays are back. Oh, yeah. They've got some big play receivers. Deshaun Jackson. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yes, yes. Dude, Let's talk about him. Let's talk about him. Dude, Dude yes. The freaking Deshaun, he does not care about the ball, does he? Every single time he, get, he gets the ball, he runs like Michael Vick, yep. and he has it in just like one hand, and it's just like this. Dude. He, he is – always been one of those players that is it's like an Allen Iverson, Kyrie Irving type yeah. of football player. He's just out there to juke you out of your socks. And He's so good. Here's here's my take on, Desha- on Deshaun Jackson. We have seen Matt Stafford be successful with big receivers, Kenny Galladay, mm-hmm. Megatron. We've seen him be successful with speedy receivers, though. Mm-hmm. Golden Tate was yeah. probably his number one receiver yeah. for a solid two or three seasons. But now we see him with Cooper Cup, who is on every the, the best wide receiver in the National Football League. As of right now, week four, this is what I was going to talk about before you mentioned Deshaun Jackson because I had something to say about the Rams and that I didn't say earlier. Cooper Cup is the best wide receiver in the National Football League right now. A- anything you want to say, you can say. But they showed a stat yesterday. The fastest to have five touchdowns in two games. So he had three last week, had two this week, had two the week before. He's almost, I think he's leading wide receivers right now. Yeah, he has to be. And he doesn't wow you with athleticism or speed. He's but his though. route running and his ability – I've said it about Keenan Allen. I've said it about Travis Kelsey. To find holes in zone defense is one of the most valuable traits you can have as a wide receiver, to just know where to be. Because sometimes a quarterback will call a play, and you're supposed to run a, a big crosser route across the field or, or a big 30-yard post route or a corner route. But a lot of times you see these receivers like Keenan Allen and Cooper Cup They'll get halfway through the route, and they'll just stop, and they'll come back five yards, get in front of their defender and position themselves. And it's a quarterback's receiver is exactly what it is. I was thinking on the, the ride here how, like, I barely remembered his name last week when we were doing our top fives, and I, and I put him at five, and I barely remembered his name. We are not giving that man enough credit. And for the rest of this year, he is going to be scoring touchdowns, multiple a game. He he is the best wide receiver in the National Football League, and I guarantee you he is going to prove it. it, it Jesus, please help him to stay healthy and, and don't let him get hurt. But 
if he stays healthy and stays on the track that he's on right now, no way he and he doesn't get best wide receiver this year. Um, now, other than that, I mean, Bucks are still the Bucks. We said earlier, secondary got to work on. Yeah. Other than that, they're going to be fine. They need AB back too. They do. They do. All right, probably the game of the week: Green Bay versus San Francisco. Game of the week, in my opinion. Unless tonight's game is really close, which it could be. Can I tell you something? Tell me something. Um, I thought the game was over and I went to bed early. No. I went, no, you did. <laughs> I didn't get to watch it. I thought the game was over. I was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is going to win this sh- shindig. It was like 20 – it was like – 21 to like seven at one point and Rogers was getting ready to score and I wanted to wake up early so that I could go work out. I was like, this one is over. Listen, when I tell you that those refs had something against Green Bay, they did. They probably did. And it might not help with Green Bay's head coach in the ref's ear after every single play. That probably doesn't help Green Bay's chances of getting a call. But, I mean, we saw Devontae Adams get absolutely knocked out over the middle of the field on a hit. That and then he resurrected, boom, boom, yeah. like uh, the Undertaker. He was like, I mean, we got to win this. In my opinion, that's a defenseless receiver. And if they're going to call that for other teams, you got to call that for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, we saw a roughing the passer call on Jair Alexander, who was a cornerback who is not a very big guy, pressured Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy threw it. He pushed him as Jimmy was throwing. Didn't even knock Jimmy to the ground. He's still standing upright, and they threw a flag and penalized him and said that that's roughing the passer. Got to go both ways. Got to go both ways. I don't even know. What what sport are we even playing? Ballerina twirl. Um. Other thing that I want to say about this game, and Golden Tate said it this morning. If you if you don't watch Good Morning Football, it is one of the best yeah, football shows to, to watch. Um, Golden Tate said this morning. He said, "I felt so bad for Jimmy Garoppolo." He said Jimmy Garoppolo played one of the best games that Jimmy Garoppolo's ever played. Um, and, and I'm not a huge Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I honestly thought that like Trey Lance should have started this year, but. Jimmy Garoppolo's balling out. He, he's, he's had a really good year. He's under a lot of pressure, too. Yeah. Um, and, and it's making him play better, I think. But that being said, Golden Tate was saying, poor Jimmy Garoppolo, because they gave Aaron Rodgers 37 seconds, and he said, that's child's play. He said, you do not know how insane it is to be the opposing team playing Aaron Rodgers you just score a touchdown, and he goes down and wins the game. He said, I was on the Lions, and twice he did it to us. He said, twice we would score. Matthew Stafford would throw me the ball. I'd get a touchdown. Someone else would get a touchdown. We would come back, and we would think this game is over. There's no way Aaron Rodgers can do it again. And then he said that we would play him again in the next year. Same thing would happen, and he would say, there is no way that Aaron Rodgers can do this again. And then guess what happens? He does it again. He does it again and again. And he said last night, he said, oh, dang, this is child's play for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to go down the field and win this game. And you know, you know that he's throwing to Devontae Adams. Yeah. You know. They have like almost four guys on him at one point in the middle of the field. 
You know that's where he's going. How do, how do you not get up and stop the ball? Well, it's just like Devontae Adams said in the press conference after the game. He's different. He's built different. <laughs> yeah, he's he is. Different. He is a heck of a receiver. Heck of a receiver. But that back to the 49ers, clock management. Yeah. You do not leave time on the clock. You don't. It's the Cowboys did it in week one. You don't give, Cost them the game. You don't give quarterbacks that wear number 12 the time to go yep. down the field. Number 12. You just don't. I mean, these are two of the best quarterbacks Four, in six. NFL history. Tom yep. Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Clutchest quarterbacks probably that we've ever seen. Now we get to the man who wears number 15, and he does the same, but he didn't pull it out yesterday, did he? We are now looking at the Chargers-Chiefs game, uh, one of the, the better games from yesterday. Chargers get the dub, 30-24. to 24. That's why he's uh, rocking the Herbie fully loaded jersey today. That's right. You want to break this one down since you love Herb? Yeah, um, I will. We're going to see the Herbert versus Burrow match on December 5th. Yep. Can't wait. It's going to be a great battle of young quarterbacks. But – it's the same thing that I've said about the Chargers all season long is they have a very underrated defense and their offensive line is spectacular. Do you do you think that Patrick Mahomes plays bad versus the Chargers? No, I don't, I don't think he plays bad against the Chargers. I think that I th I the I, I, of, I think the rest of the team plays bad against the Chargers because mm -hmm. look at last year. Look at that throw he made last year to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Probably the best throw I've ever seen Mahomes make besides all the sidearms and that stuff, to throw a ball 70 yards in the air and hit a receiver in stride, nobody nobody does that. Man. Like, nobody does that. But it just, to me, it seems like that every time that Patrick Mahomes plays against the Chargers, he doesn't play well. His stats even show it. Yesterday, two interceptions. He barely threw for 200 yards. And it just seems to me that the Chargers have his number. Well, it's like you said earlier, teams are figuring out that if you if you drop probably three, four defenders back into deep coverage, Tyree Kill is not gonna get over top of your defense. Yeah. And that's that alone, covering Tyree Kill deep like that probably keeps fourteen points off the board. Mm -hmm. At least. And also figuring out how to contain Patrick Mahomes, how to keep him in the pocket, because I think Mahomes thrives off of getting out of the pocket. Yeah. And, I mean, teams still struggle to cover yeah. Travis Kelsey because he still had probably 100. You told me one thing yesterday that kind of stood out to me, and I don't think I've ever seen this from Patrick Mahomes. You said that he was trying too much, like he was trying to do too much. Usually that kind of stuff I feel like just is smooth and comes natural for him. But yesterday, like him trying to extend the play, to try to get the ball down the yeah. field, it looked too forced, he's and I think that's why they lost. He's overcomplicating it. It's, it's something that you see in basketball more than anything is players over-dribbling or shooting the difficult shot over the simpler shot just to make it look cooler. And I don't think Mahomes is doing it to make it look cooler. I think he's just I think he's just trying to I don't even think he's trying. I think it's the fact that 
everybody has deemed him as a magician of a quarterback, mm -hmm. and he's trying to not step out of that role. And instead of taking the easy completion over the middle, he's trying to scramble out and throw the ball across his body, back across the field, and it's not working. I mean, teams are figuring out that if you... You can contain him. Yeah, it's... He's not God, you know? Exactly. I mean, teams teams look at him in, in the first couple seasons, and he's like, oh, this, this guy's unstoppable. We can't beat this. He still has the best arm in the league. Yeah. But he needs to tone it down a little bit. And Got to. Simplify the game a little more. Yeah. All right, moving on. That was a great game, though. It was. Um, <laughs> Bears 6, Browns 26. Bears 6 yards. The the Bears, before we started, me and Lenny were setting everything up, and I said, poor Justin Fields. If I'm Matt Nagy, Nagy. Terrible coach, by the way. Terrible coach. I'm getting ready to get into that because I 100% agree. I, I, listen to this. For all the Bears fans, I want to apologize for your coach. How Do you want to know why Lamar Jackson has been so successful? Mr. Harbaugh made that offense fit him. Yep. And he has the trust. Yes. Has Justin Fields done anything to deserve a head coach's trust yet? No, but he also has not had the chance to. Yeah. And you have to give a young quarterback the chance to earn your trust. You cannot put Justin Fields in your offense. I know that it's 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 it, it's almost too soon to build your whole entire offensive scheme just to fit Justin Fields. But in this instance, you have to. You have to make your offense for at least this week yeah. or a couple of weeks in, in, in practice and film and in, in your walkthroughs. You have to make everyone know our identity this week, Justin Fields, and, and making him be able to get outside the pocket, run the ball, throw on the run, play action you have to build it around him he is not able to sit in the pocket like andy dalton and throw and and matt nagy nagy whatever is it nagy or nagy i don't know it's the same thing basically y'all know what i'm saying he didn't do that and that's why they lost i think that if they allowed him to move around in the pocket and they built that offense around him whole entire different ball game. Do the Browns still win? Yes, because I think we were talking about this earlier. I think they have the best defense in the AFC. I think that we can debate that, argue that. We can put the numbers up. But there's no way. How Justin Fields in the Bears offense yesterday had one passing yard. Yeah, Here, but here's the deal. There's a good counter argument to this as well. But in my opinion – the Bears have, like you said, they have to let Justin Fields play Justin Fields football. Yeah. And they didn't even try to run any, like, play action, rollout passes or any design rollouts. Barely did read options, stuff like that. And that's something you got to do. They tried to let him run the ball, but, but you didn't do it sneakily. The, you knew he was running the ball. On the contrary, if you do run those play action rollouts and – you do do design runs for Justin Fields, and he takes four, five, six big hits, then the media is going to be after the Bears either way. Like, protect your young quarterback. And I think they were trying to overprotect Justin Fields, and that's where they went wrong. 
I don't think the Bears are a bad team. No, their defense is awesome. They're, yeah, I was going to say their defense is really good. That's why they only held the Browns to 26 points. Yeah. The Browns still got theirs because Kevin Stefanski is a wonderful coach, and, he, and he's going to find ways to break a defense. Um, Bears, Bears fans, good luck. Because as long as Justin Fields is in right now and Coach Nagy Nagy doesn't fix the way that that offense runs, y'all are going to lose games. You're deep, we, we saw it with Washington last year. The defense can only do so much. Yep. But if your offense can't score, it's nothing. It's nothing. N- next game, uh, we're almost done. Colts, Titans. Not a shocker. No. Poor Carson Wentz. Yeah. Taped up his ankles, still couldn't really do much. Good for him that he tried. It is. It is. Uh, that that game, in the, and I'm going to say this about the Colts and for probably for the Colts the rest of this year, not a shocker. Not a shocker. No. The, the only time that I'm going to be shocked about the Colts this year is if they win one big game. They underrated defense, though. They're underrated defense. Great defense. In great. In my opinion, they have probably the best top or top three best linebacker in the game, Darius Leonard. So good. He's, in, he's incredible and just a great football Isn't player. Josh Norman playing for them? Josh Norman is on another team. He got. He's on the 49ers. Okay. The 49ers. Um, but, yeah, next game, two of the worst teams in the NFL, Falcons and Giants. Dude, how do you let the Falcons win on Eli Manning Day? Come on, honey. We're, we're, we're going to <laughs> take the kids and we're going to go celebrate Eli Manning. Oh, dang, we lost by three points. Makes you appreciate what you had. <laughs> Dude, the Falcons are so <laughs> bad. Dude. Makes you appreciate Talk about Cordero Patterson, though, on the Dude, Falcons. He's good. He was good. He's been good. Yeah. Right now, I mean, we're talking about when Cordero, Cordero Patterson, whenever he finishes up his career, probably one of the better return men that we've seen in NFL history. And we're seeing him get a lot of receptions out of the backfield this year, which is basically – opening up for what should be opening up the Falcons offense for players like Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts those guys to get down the field and get open, but it's not. And I don't know. What Mike Davis is also doing nothing right now. Yeah. Mike Davis had a great opening day. Got me a lot of fantasy points. Mike Davis, if you're watching, you're listening. Come on, bro. I, I need you. I, I need you, big man. And, and then Patterson is really getting a ton of reps that should be going to Mike Davis, and and he's just getting it done. Um, I think the Falcons. I think the Falcons are better than the Giants. I do too. And this is what I wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about the Jets, but I decided not to. I don't think we cut any slack for the Giants. They had their rebuild process. Their re, their rebuild process is supposed to be over. They, they they built everything up. They got the people they wanted to. They bought all in in um. Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, they bought in. Saquon Barkley, they're 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 building. There's no slack for them, right? I mean, and you you don't. So what it was your take? You said we cut the slack for the Jets because they're young. The Giants do have a young core. They have young guys. Yeah, but they've but, had their years. They've had their years to develop. Saquon Barkley's been injured on and off, but this should be their year. And they said it. Everybody was yep. saying Giants. The Giants. The Giants are going to be so good. They're going to win the NFC. Defense, yeah. All this stuff. And they're just letting people down still. And I don't know. I just 
not surprised all the NFC East teams find ways to lose. I honestly think, yeah, right now the most hopeful team in the NFC East is Philadelphia. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh, whatever. We'll move on because we got to talk about them before we close it out. Uh, Ravens, Lions, we talked about that earlier. 19 to 17, the greatest man with a leg to ever live, Justin Tucker. Yeah. 66 yards off of the post. In, um, like we said, Lions, Lions aren't bad. Um, Ravens, I think the Ravens are sus. I don't think that they are as good as they let out to be. I think they are the team they were. Last year, well, they'll make it to the playoffs, and then they'll play a team that like plays harder than them. I don't. I'm not saying that the Ravens don't play hard because every single game that they've played this year, they have played so hard that they've gotten the W. Um, but I, but I think they lose early in the playoffs. Dolphins and the Raiders. What a game! That one was a good game. Um, Jacoby Brissett runs it in to tie the game. Gets the two-point conversion, and then it goes into overtime. Absolutely no reason the Raiders should be letting a team like Miami hang around. And they did it last year, too. They did it last year. But if the Raiders truly want to be contenders for a Super Bowl, they got to quit with that. Yeah. I mean, they, they got to keep their foot on the gas the whole game. Can't let teams like the Dolphins hang around. Because when playoff time rolls around, you're going to be facing Chargers, Chiefs, Browns, teams like that. I don't want to say they're a fluke because they aren't. I like them, and they, they've proven that they can win big games. I just think there are better teams than the Raiders in the AFC. Maybe. I, I think that I, – I, If you look at schedule – I think the one game that they absolutely snuck off and won was against the Ravens. The second game that they played, yes, they are supposed to win 100% because the Steelers are bad. The third game, they snuck off and won, and that was versus the Dolphins. And like you said, you can't let the Dolphins hang around. I think that they are not as good as what people think. They're a tough football team. They are a tough football team. I do give them credit. I think they are good. I think they are good. I think they're going to go undefeated for probably a little bit longer. But I think when it comes playoff time, I think they get beat by a couple other teams in the AFC. We'll see. I still have hope. I, still I mean, hope and I, I said last week, are they ring chasers? I think there's a very high possibility that they are. They've been through the adversity test twice now and passed it. Yeah. I, I think that they are a tough team. I think they're a hardworking team. I think they can get it done. I just think that... <clears throat> There's an orange team out there in the AFC. <laughs> Let's move on. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Seahawks. <laughs> Seahawks, Vikings. <laughs> I said all that just to, to get a shameless plug for the Browns in there. Vikings. They lost a close one to the Bengals, and I think that they're undefeated if they can close it out versus the Bengals. And the Cardinals. Oh, and the Cardinals. Yeah. I forgot they lost the Cardinals, too. Two Lost two games off of game-winning field goals pretty much. I don't think they're a bad team. I don't, think, I don't think they win their division. But the Vikings are a good team year in and year out. Yeah. They With a good coach. cannot step up to that next pedestal of contending. Do you think that's a coaching problem or 
a player problem. Uh, I like Kirk Cousins a lot, but I think I think Kirk Cousins has the winning mentality. And I, I do too. He's got the arm to get it done. I do too. Very underrated quarterback. Yeah, has two great receivers. Adam Thielen, in my opinion, is on that Cooper Cup level right now. He's he's balling out. Look at his stats. Mm-hmm. He is. Justin Jefferson has been very quiet this year. He finally got, I think, maybe one or one or two yesterday, finally. And I think it's because teams are deciding on covering who they're going to put their best corner on. Are you going to put it on Adam Thielen or are you going to put it on Justin Jefferson? They've got a rookie. Um, they do. Forgot his name. I just went up against him in fantasy yesterday, and he didn't do anything. Yeah, he's been pretty good, though. The last couple of uh, weeks. And Dalvin Cook was out yesterday, too. I heard that he got hurt. He did. He, yeah. He was hurt, which is another kind of a shocker as to how they beat the Seahawks. But it's like you said, the Seahawks have a very suspect defense. And it's been that way for a few years, ever since the Legion of Boom disbanded. Excuse that voice crack. The Phil- but ever Sorry, I was just that, getting that ready. Ever since the Legion of Boom disbanded, I, I, I consider myself a Seahawks fan. Yeah. I've been a Seahawks fan since 2007 or 8 when they drafted Owen Schmidt. Um, I, the Seahawks are going to win a couple more games. Yeah. They're, they're going to win a couple more games, and they're going to be okay. But I'm scared because they have a lot of talent, and Pete Carroll is a great coach. Great coach, yeah. But I, I don't I don't want to say that his time's coming to an end, but he he's made a couple bad calls, couple coaching mistakes. I don't know what it is. I mean, I love Russ and I want Russ to be a Seahawk for life. He's even said he wants to be a Seahawk for life. I don't know what else. To, Jamal Adams is basically the only thing that they have. Jamal uh, Bobby Wagner's getting old. Bobby Wagner's getting old. KJ Wright, they got rid of him, took him to the Raiders, and I think that was a bad decision. That's all it is. The only problem the Seahawks have is defense. They have the offense. Chris Carson. Do they have the offense? Because yesterday didn't look like early on that offense was unstoppable, and then we we get into the second half, they don't score a single point. Or is I don't think the Vikings defense is that good. Well, here's the thing: it's hard as an offense. When your defense is not getting stops, it's kind of demoralizing. And the Seahawks are a team, when they're hot, they're hot. And nobody's stopping them. But when when the team is firing on all exactly. cylinders, the team is unstoppable. Do you know how, how good the Legion of Boom made the Seahawks look? I mean, probably the best defense in NFL history besides, like, the 85 Bears. And... I mean, we weren't alive to see that. There is highlights on YouTube, though. If you've never watched the 85 Bears play defense, man, they kind of look like the Browns from yesterday. Chill out. <laughs> Chill out. All right, well, I mean, that's that's we just went over every game from, from yesterday. He, dude, he's cracking up. Dude, t- tell me that the, the Browns defense didn't look amazing. They did. They had. Tell me that that, second, that secondary is not for real. It is. I'm not denying it. The Browns are a solid team. It's just that 
every time you get a chance to say <laughs> about them. Listen, and, and, and as soon as they lose another game, and it's probably going to come, they're, gonna, they're probably going to lose another one, I'm going to come in here and I'm going to be like, we suck. We're the worst team in the world. Our defense is trash. Wishy-washiest team. <laughs> I try not to be. I really do. Okay. Well, our last segment of uh, the day, uh, we got a – NFC least, I mean NFC East battle uh, tonight, eight fifteen ESPN. Um, let's let's watch this little preview, give a little breakdown while we watch the preview, and then we'll give some predictions and then call it a day. How you how you like that? Sounds good. All right, let's let's watch a little bit of this and we'll we'll break it down while we watch it and listen to some stats. The Eagles hit the road for their first division game off to Dallas to take on the Cowboys on Monday night. Devontae Cowboys Smith has a great game today. That's, that's one of my predictions. Some things out. I don't think it's going to come down to a field goal. From his week one woes, sealing the win for the Cowboys, a win set up by the late game heroics of Dak Prescott. He didn't Man throws uh, four touchdowns tonight. Recently, but he came through when it mattered, adding another late game. One hundred percent, four touchdowns. Why did that? I, I okay, it paused. Um, which camera? Why am I looking at right here? Okay, 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 okay. Look me in the eyes, really quick, Jacob. Amari Cooper is soft. He's dude. He get dude. That play right there. He barely got hit, and he lays down for like thirty seconds. He's been that way since Oakland. Cause he's soft. He he's yeah, soft. He's a great receiver. He may be a great receiver. You you think he's soft? You agree with me? Yes or no? Somewhat. He's okay. Somewhat soft. I he, think there's receivers. Debo Samuel, for example. Yep. Takes hits across the middle probably four times a game. And it'll do it again and again because he, he wants to win and he doesn't yep, care. Exactly. Amari Cooper is soft. That's what happens when you play for the Cowgirls. I mean the boys. <laughs> oh! Shots fired. All right, let's keep rolling. Dallas didn't throw the ball quite as much, which meant fewer yards to go around for their receivers. Still, C.D. Lamb finished his week two with a nice stat. Cedric Wilson is nasty. C.D. Lamb on the sideline steps out. You can look at Philly's pass defense two ways. Yeah, they let Jimmy Garoppolo go 22 of 30, put up a rating over 100, didn't pick him off. Garoppolo has a man on the perimeter. That's a touchdown. Or you can look at them as a defense that held Jimmy G to less than 200 yards passing, holding him to a meager 6.5. Three yards per attempt. What, what do we think right there? What if do we think right there? Replicate what the Chargers did last week. Philadelphia is not a better team than the Chargers. Not by can, a long shot. If they can replicate that and kind of keep Dak down a little bit from throwing the ball every play of the game, I mean, it's still going to be hard to stop that combo of Zeke and Tony Pollard, but at the same time, the Eagles have a good D line. They really do. Okay. I I, I disagree. I, I think that I, I honestly think in Dallas tonight, Tony Pollard and Zeke are gonna run all over him. I, I think that is the first home game. They are going to be fired up to get a dub. And and I think that Tony Pollard and Dak Prescott are gonna run all over him. Um I I their their D-line has looked spectacular a couple times this year. They've held some pretty good receivers to uh, a short amount of yards. 
but at the same time, I don't think they have faced a good duo like they're about to face tonight. And I, and I think that it's really going to expose a couple weaknesses in that D-line. In my opinion, this game comes down to Jalen Hurts' play. I think that Philadelphia's running backs, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell, I think that both of them will play solid. I, I think Devontae Smith, like you said, will have a big game tonight, but it just depends. Will that Dallas crowd get to Jalen Hurts? It's a good question. I don't think so. I think he's played in national championships. Yeah. I think he's he's played in big games at Oklahoma and Alabama. I think he'll be fine. Um, I I don't think Dallas's defense is all that. It's not. They've made it look like it's all that because they've they've played pretty good defense in in the games that they've played. But Dallas is actually out maybe three or four key pieces to that defense. Um, if Trayvon Diggs has a good game, I think that. They win. Um, I think they honestly have to, defensive-wise, uh, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll, we'll get into it in a minute. Let's watch the rest of this. Garoppolo throws, and it's incomplete. Dangerous pass. They also held the 49ers' rush attack to just 3.1 yards per carry. For a second straight carry, it's Javon Hargrave for loss. And that's relevant because the Cowboys threw less last week and ran more. Though they didn't order there we go. a full Pollard and Z. while doing it. They went with a half order of Elliott, who put up over 70 yards and a score. Zeke, you give him that much space, he's going to finish off every one of these. And then went with a half plate of Tony Pollard, who went for over 100 yards while punching one in. It's Pollard, and he's across. The game could hinge on who totes the rock better, as the run game is at the center of the Eagles' offense, and they too sport a combo meal of sorts. Miles Sanders taking care of the traditional runs. How do you deal with this right here? That is like stealing. It's too easy. And of course, Jalen Hurts providing the sort of surprise gift that comes along in a happy. Hurts has a lot of green grass, and he's going to pick up that first down. Dallas, of course, did not handle ground games well all last year. This was uh, this is what we were getting ready to talk about. Um, I think that their defense will not be able to stop the run. But I think that if they're going to pass the ball, I think Dallas's defense can stop the pass better than they're going to stop the run. I don't, yeah, I don't, I think, I don't think their pass defense is great by any means. I think it's going to take a big rushing game, maybe like I'm talking 10 to 15 carries from Jalen Hurts to win this game. That's fine with me because I have uh, Miles Sanders on fantasy, yeah. and I need some points, baby. And the box score says they allowed five a pop to the Chargers, but 20 of the 95 yards they allowed came on one run. So there is still some progress hidden in there. This is a great job flying in by Hooker. And their pass defense comes in with some confidence. They held Justin Herbert to a rating under 90, picking him off twice. Intercepted! That's his fifth pick in his first 14 career games. Even their pass... If anybody just saw that, Laney's face just said... What? He was like, why'd you make that face? Five picks in 14 games from Trayvon Diggs. I, I told you, man. did not know. I told you. Wow. I told you. I said it last week yeah. when, when, I, when we did the top five, and I said Trayvon Diggs is probably the fifth best safety corner, whatever you want to say, in the National Football League. He is the key part of this defense since Dexter Lawrence is out. Yeah, because they can't get that pressure on the quarterback. 
Yep. And they were That's why I said the, the run, if they run the ball, this game is going to be very one-sided. Eh, I, I take that back. It's going to be very hard for Dallas to contain the Eagles from scoring if the Eagles are running really well and they can't stop the run. I think Dak and the air raid offense is going to be shown inside of AT&T Stadium tonight. But if they can't contain that run, it's going to be a very, very high-scoring game. I hope it's a shootout, personally. Okay. I don't like either of these teams, but I would love to see a big game. Got in on the action. They got two sacks, and the Eagles will have to keep tabs on Micah Parsons, too, Micah Parsons as he was all it. over Herbert all game. Forgot about Micah Parsons. He's going to get in there, and he's going to get three sacks tonight. When Hertz was throwing, he got taken down three times. As that pocket just constricts, and there's nowhere for the escape. And overall had a rough day with his arm, a rating of just eight. Only had a rough day because 49ers defense is very, very good. Pass play. I mean, you couldn't run down there and put it in Watkins' hand any better than that he has shown a desire to heave it long quite a bit he just has to connect more if he's going to keep that up watch him here as he's going to launch pressure right there gets hit throws it up there and i'm telling you what smith almost came down with it this could be a real butte clark nfc east early season w's that mean a whole lot later especially in this division let's see who you got scores and analysis in the comment section we roll out with 10 on the screen for you Only one person from the NFL's YouTube channel that breaks down the games has the Eagles winning. We'll see. I think I've said it before. It comes down to Jalen Hurts' play. But at the same time, Devontae Smith cannot have a game like he had last week. No. Targeted seven times. He's got to catch balls. He has to catch balls. If it's hitting you in the hands. Catch. I don't care who you are. If you're in the NFL, you're supposed to be the best of the best. If it's hitting you in the hands, you should catch that ball. Every no time. Excuse. I'm going to give my prediction of the game, score-wise, um, and then you can go. And then we'll call it a day. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys get the W tonight at home, and I think it's going to be a shootout. I, I really do because I, I think that Miles Sanders um, gets it gets it done on the ground. Uh, and I think Jalen Hurts is going to rush for probably over 10 times. I, I think he has a couple designed runs, and he rushes it probably close to, to almost 20 times. Um, and then I think that Dak, Amari Cooper, Cedric Wilson has an, another huge game. C.D. Lamb has a good game. But I think that Tony Pollard and Zeke are going to show out tonight. I really think that they are going to run the ball only to set up the pass and and Zeke's going to have one touchdown, and then I think the rest are going to be throwing. I, I honestly think that this game will be up in the 40s, um, and I, I said that Dak's going to throw four touchdowns tonight. 100% this game's going in to um, high digits, and I'm going to say 46 to 35. I'm going... In favor of Dallas. In favor of Dallas. Yeah, Dallas gets the W. I'm going in favor of Philadelphia. 38-34. Four-point game. Why? Four-point game. What do you mean, why? Like, why Why do you think that Philadelphia is getting the W? I mean, I think that 
the Cowboys have proven to be a better team. They almost beat the Buccaneers the first game at the Bucks. I love an underdog. You're only <laughs> picking them because you don't like the Cowboys. No, I promise I'm not. I genuinely promise because I like Dak Prescott. And I, I have, love him. I love have him. Ezekiel Elliott in fantasy. Do I don't like I don't like the Cowboys? I'll be honest, but that's not why I'm not picking them. I genuinely think Philadelphia. If you look at what their offense has done in moments this season, they can be one of the most explosive offenses in the NFC East. And I don't think Dallas has the defense to combat that if Philadelphia gets hot. And I think it'll be a good game. I really do. Trayvon Diggs has another interception, making it six in his last 15 games. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thanks again for watching. This has been the highly debatable sports show. Lenny, tell them where they can find us at, what they should do, and we'll call this episode done. Yep, uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor app, uh, YouTube now. So go ahead, look us up on YouTube, subscribe, it's free. We got a Twitter page. We do have a Twitter page. At Highly Debatable 304. Highly Debatable 304. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a fun one. Um, I just want to say thanks again to uh, my dad uh, for letting us use the church. And shout out Grace Life Church. Uh, they have service every single Sunday at 10 a.m. 93 Joy Lane, Culloden, West Virginia. A little plug um, for church. But uh, other than that, man, it was fun today. I had a great time. Hopefully we can come back again uh, stay tuned this week. We will have another college football special. College football was crazy. Yep. It was crazy, and I can't wait to break it down with you. Uh, Lenny, tell them we'll see them later, and uh, we'll end it. All right, see you guys. Peace.